at Starbucks as large as a venti. It's episode 20. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Arena 100 Show. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm feeling a little under the weather today, so I'm going to do something a little different again. Um, A little different. I'm going to read you all an excerpt from, okay, basically when we were in quarantine and everything was weird and everybody was up to weird little projects like baking bread uh, or like revisiting crafts that they used to do in middle school or whatever. Um, And when things got really crazy, I decided to just write like a little novella, one page at a time. Um, And it's just been sitting in my hard drive. I haven't even read it over very much. And I just picked a random page to start from. And I'm just going to read to you all an excerpt. And I'm very curious. I, I haven't read it. I don't know what's in here, and I'm a little scared. It's towards the end of it. Let's say it's about, like, three-quarters of the way through. Um, hoping there's some action there, but I remember it being pretty discombobulated, disjointed as a piece, because um, I just wrote one page a day, and that was that. Um, but without further ado, here is an excerpt from my self-therapeutic quarantine novella. She could hear the teapot whistling. It was not a bird. A warm compress dabbed at her face like she was giving birth in an old-timey film. She opened her eyes to see Marcia's face in front of hers, like a happy pancake. Oh, how she wanted pancakes. Her stomach let out a rumble that would have given earthquakes a run for their money. Marcia leaned a fork in in towards her mouth, and she accepted the morsel before fully acknowledging that it was a slice of banana. Who the fuck eats banana with a fork? Nevertheless, it felt delicious. Marcia explained to her that they had busted her out of the church. Although whether or not it was truly a church was unclear, but the one thing that was clear is that they needed to get her the hell away from there. She mentioned something about tweed that sounded familiar. She chewed on the banana until it became a paste and then gulped it down. She tried to summon in her mind the pieces of the puzzle that could show her the roadmap of what the hell she was trying to accomplish on this earth, but to no avail. Marcia mentioned something about strong medication and about how it would take a while to wear off, but the potassium from the banana should help. The eye-patched man clanged the dishes in the background, washing them one by one. She all of a sudden really wanted to know what was under the patch, but felt it was rude to ask. You're thinking about my patch, aren't you? How did he know? He slowly turned his head toward her, and then once his face was level with hers, he slowly removed the patch. His eye was badly beaten and sticked together by a large thread. What happened? I'm not sure. It was the last time I was in the tunnel. Tunnel, tunnel. It all came flooding back to her. The president, she needed to go to get to the tunnel. We missed the window this time, but tonight we could try again. Why would you want to go back there if you got so badly hurt last time? 
Who knows why the wind blows a certain way? I've had such a craving to return ever since. Perhaps there's some unfinished business I must attend to, or perhaps that place is just some kind of energy vortex that tries to suck anybody inside who has come into contact with it. Either way, I'm weirdly excited to get back there. What if it is a vortex? What if this whole thing is a trap? She shivered at the thought of it, that her open, strong heart could lead her astray. Eyepatch didn't seem to give a shit if it was a trap. He just wanted to have that feeling again. Maybe it was just adrenaline. Who knows? So strange how our brains are built to make us addicts from birth. Adrenaline, dopamine, even serotonin and oxytocin. All of them just always wanting more. She shook her head. It seemed as though her life had always set everyone up for failure. It seemed as though life had always set everyone up for failure. Marsha lit a joint and a blunt and passed them around the kitchen circle. <laughs> she dragged on that joint like she was a baby and it was her mother's teat. It tasted like nature, like a forest, like life. She had forgotten her love affair with marijuana. It felt like a lover she had accidentally scorned that was suddenly back from Cuba. <laughs> it's funny. She hoped Mary Jane wasn't mad. She hoped her brain was still unsettled enough to make the journey worth it. Marcia looked at the eye-patched man with increasing admiration, and she could sense their reunion strengthening with every inhale of the weed. She sighed and thought of Travis. He felt so far away now, almost like a walking daydream. She hoped he was okay, but at the same time she could feel herself putting pillows of distance between them, smothering out the life, muffling out any sounds or songs of the past. She wanted to stay singularly focused on her goal, and Travis was a distraction. She started braiding her hair, a nervous tick she'd picked up in the third grade. Eyepatch and Marcia were making their way down the hall to a bedroom. Suddenly she felt her shin vibrate. She reached into her sweaty sock and pulled out her cell phone. It was Travis, speak of the devil. She hesitated before picking up the phone, but it wasn't a phone call. <laughs> he had texted a strange poem. On the surface, it seemed like a love poem, but it also had elements that made it seem like a goodbye. She panicked and called him, but it went straight to voicemail. Had she missed her one and only shot at love? She couldn't blame him for wanting to cut the cord. She had been taking his concern for granted. She wished him well in her heart of hearts. She tried her damnedest to not be hurt and, sh and to send him light and love. But she wanted to die. They had only just begun, it seemed, and yet now it was over before it even had a chance. She had vague hope, however, because they had done this dance before, more than once. Maybe their love was like the ocean, full of waves. She wanted to believe that was possible. She wanted to believe that this was just a corner on a journey towards the center of their connection. But she felt the loss acutely in her chest, and she crumpled up into a little cute mess on the floor. Marcia and Eyepatch returned, nestling slightly into each other. She felt like a dirty third wheel. She needed to get out of there. She started for the front door, and Eyepatch tried to ask her where she was going, but she couldn't talk without crying, so she choked out the word coffee and made her escape. Out in the streets, things were chaotic. There were weird young white thugs in Hawaiian shirts yelling at everyone and throwing eggs. She pulled her coat up over her head to shield her from the backlash of yoke and fury. 
She found a Starbucks and slid into it like a gun into a holster. She ordered a pumpkin spice latte because why the fuck not? She sipped it at the window before they kicked her out. She was surprised they'd even served her without a mask, which she'd forgotten, long forgotten somewhere along the way. They must have seen the sadness in her eyes, she supposed. She found a quiet alleyway and knelt down into the concrete, sipping her basic bitch beverage like a wild, thirsty boar. She found herself missing her ground spot near 7-Eleven. She wondered what was happening there now and if Travis was around to see it. She felt like a purposeless fraud, lounging around the world like a leech, trying to suck life out of anything that would give her the time of day. She called herself a bottom feeder. She felt like all the worst things everybody called millennials. And then she berated herself for feeling such self-pity like a spineless buffoon. The devil made her do it, she told herself. She knew the devil wasn't real, but she found it a fun character to blame things on when she was feeling low. The devil made me do it, sneaky bastard. She smirked at the audacity of her using religion for her own silly, useless purposes. Then, slowly, her goal floated back into her consciousness. The president. The tunnel. She hurried back to Marsha's. She needed to make a plan with the eye patch. All right, I guess there was a lot going on in that story. Very interesting. I'm going to have to give it a read. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. There's not a lot of you, but you're all so great and I want you I'm sending you just good feelings I want you to have a nice relaxing week where you can feel fulfilled and just like everything's going your way all right bye for now